When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334. The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Auburn's offense gathered 438 total yards of offense. Uh, We saw some different things, uh, but we also saw that Robbie Ashford had a really good for the most part, a really good game. Uh, he threw for 337 yards. Most people probably wouldn't have guessed that he would have done that. 19-38 for two touchdowns and an interception. Ike, you were covering the game. Your initial thoughts on what you saw in terms of Robbie Ashford, how different things looked, the, the personnel that was on the field. What were some things that you saw? What did you like? Yeah, I, I liked that um, it felt as if they were paying attention to the fact that Robbie and these receivers and, well, really the entire offense, uh, specifically the run game, need to spread it out more. They need to spread it out more. They need to get the ball out of Robbie's hands. I would have liked to see a little more of the quick passing game, but I did like the fact that we were routinely trotting three receivers out there on the field, sometimes four, even emptying the backfield and putting the running back out in the slot a little bit to make sure that LSU had something to think about. Uh, When you go and watch this film, and we will do that tomorrow, um, you're going to see five and six-person boxes to run against. That doesn't happen when you compact the entire formation in close. They still did did some tight formation stuff, but what they did mostly out of that was they would run it, but then they would do that to set up some sort of play action later, or they'd be trying to run wide. So they try to keep everybody in close, and then they would try to out-leverage. So it was a much better game plan, in my opinion, um, which allowed for Robbie Ashford to be able to, when he was getting rushed, see where the blitz was coming from, right? Because you can't, 
if you got a lot of people inside the box, it's hard to tell where that blitz is going to be coming from because there's so many different people that could be occupying that space. Um, so you can see the blitz a little bit better. And then um, it makes it where when he steps up in the pocket, it's not as much trash for him to try to navigate through. So I liked the game plan for the most part. There were some things I did not like about it. Um, but for overall, I liked the difference philosophically in how we approached the offense this week, as opposed to how we had been doing it the first four games. Uh, Mike G, give me your thoughts about Jarquez Hunter. Uh, he was another standout offensively last night. Uh, he rushed six times for 35 yards, also was the second leading receiver in terms of yards, uh, received. Uh, he had one big catch that was for like 61 yards, but he had two catches total for six for 70 yards. Your thoughts about Jarquez Hunter, the fact that he got a lot of, he got some more burn, more burn than he's been getting. Your thoughts on how he competed and how he played last night? Uh, well, if you want me to say anything positive about Jarquez Hunter, say less. I've been on Jarquez Hunter since before he took a snap at Auburn. Um, I think that it's clear that he is a go-to guy. I mean, he caught a ball 20 yards down the field. It was a nice catch uh, for this quarterback. And he seems to be seeing the field really well right now. Um, so he's not getting a ton of touches, uh, but his yards um, per carry are decent. And it may, again, if you're talking about pulling out all the stops, man, you know, we, we've talked about reevaluating a lot of positions QB, wide receiver, even kicker. But for some reason, whenever we start talking about reevaluating the running back position, everybody gets up in arms. Don't touch our, don't touch our Jesus tank. And I don't know that tank has been that effective. I just don't know that he's been that effective. Um, there were times yesterday when I looked at the tape um, after the game that he, I mean, he seemed, he seems hesitant with the football in his hands. Um, he doesn't, He's not just bursting up field like he should. It's like he's thinking too much. It just feels to me like he's thinking too much, and it's there. I mean, the lanes are there sometimes, but he's not fully taking advantage of it. Um, I would like to see more Jarquez Hunter moving forward, and I think maybe the load should be a little bit more even between them. I'm not saying that you eliminate Tank from the offense before anybody jumps down my throat, um, but I, I think Jarquez Hunter has earned a larger role in this year's offense uh, because he's proven himself to be reliable. Uh, and, you know, I think he's a good back, and I think you just got to use as many guys as you can, man. If you're Harson, there's no reason to hold anything back. Jarquez Hunter is a weapon. Just turn him loose, right? Give him the ball. Give him a few more touches. Uh, now, they have to scheme better touches for all these guys, including Tank. Uh, but uh, I liked what I saw from Jarquez Hunter yesterday. I, I just think it's time to start talking about expanding his role. I don't, I don't think he's carrying the ball enough. Ike, I don't know if something got in your eye or not, but but did did you did you did you have thoughts? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't even know how to even take that statement. I think Jarquez Hunter had a great game. I think defenses, and I, I've been saying this since last year, defenses key differently on Tank than they do Jarquez Hunter. There is, because maybe because he hasn't toted the rock as much, when Tank gets in the game, they automatically think four's in the game. The same way we heard our defense talk about when Robbie Ashford would be in in practice, they'd be like, nine's in the game. It changes the mentality of how you play defensively. This fundamentally to me is an issue 
of, and we've talked about this for the quarterback, it's the same thing for the running back. It's a scheme fit for for Tank. When they gave Tank an actual chance, I, I God is my witness. I'm talking, you know, Brian, you've been sitting next to me during football games. And you, so you know how I am. I'm like, oh, this, this is this is where you run right here. This is the box that you run against. This is the look where you want to do. I was sitting in the booth and I was like, they've got to run the ball right here. This is this is where you're going to get the light box. Give the ball to tank. They did. He gained 14 yards or something on that play. I was like, see, this is how you do it. You give him the opportunities. When Jarquez was in the game, he was running against lighter boxes. He just was. Jarquez, okay. Maybe to that's me, a Jarquez, reason to give him the ball more, though, right? If they're not going to key on him. It's a reason to scheme, the di- scheme differently when Tank is in the game. They're okay. running heavy run packages with Tank. They're not doing the same thing with Jarquez. So, again, I'm not saying Jarquez shouldn't get the ball more. I'm saying to make the assessment where you started with this was when you say something about G- Jesus Tank, that's not that. that's where you get me off on your statement, not— if you just said, I think Jarquez deserves more touches in the game, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But it almost seems as if you're saying that in a position to say, and then you're like, Tank is being hesitant. And no, he's not. He's running against. He absolutely is. Okay, we disagree. There, there, are, there are plays out there where he could hit the hole a little bit hard. I'm not right. saying that Again, he's playing we, terrible. we disagree. Yeah, but I'm that. not saying that he's playing terrible. I'm saying that to give we Jarquez more touches, you're going to have to take some away from Tank. That's right? fine. We right. disagree. Okay, cool. I mean, listen, <laughs> I mean, you can disagree all you want. Uh, the truth is the truth. Jarquez no, is running the ball. A, that's, that's they're not, they're that not keying opinion. in on him. That is an opinion. That is not a truth. Reason, there's a good reason to give Jarquez more touches in this game. That's, I mean, and that's Again, what I said if that's what your point was, I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay, but, it's I, the but, other but, part. My, but my beginning point was no, that your beginning when, point was when, about when, tank. When, when you ever you talk about taking anything away from Tank, people get all up in arms as if you're saying Tank isn't good anymore, and nobody's saying that. But there's a better fit you, for this. You team actually in terms just of play said Tank was not running the ball well, though. That's what I'm, that's my part problem with I, your at statement. Time, at times, at Jarquez times, Jarquez doesn't run the ball well at times. Okay, all right. Well, what I don't that? understand. That's I don't understand. I don't understand what we're disagreeing about. All right, here. guys, let's, your let's, fundamental is premise is. is wrong. Is my point. Hey guys, okay. all right, it is what it is. We yeah, agree. Jarquez, disagree. Give, there. give Jarquez Hunter the ball more. Period. Okay, that's fine. Less, less, period. less, less. Let's agree to disagree. I want to get yeah. B. Will in here when we talk about let, let's because we're still talking about some positives. We got some negatives we got to address offensively. Let's talk about the fact that there we saw different personnel on the offensive side as well as wide receiver. I actually saw some people in the comments talk about Ike Hilliard rotating in a lot of different wide receivers. We saw some guys out there that I haven't seen in a while. Um, some guys actually got some touches. They actually got some targets. And I had an opportunity to make some plays. Talk about B. Will from a positive standpoint. How did you feel actually seeing some new faces out there on the field and seeing them actually contribute? I mean, I loved it. I, this is what I wanted to see the whole time. We get to hear in fall camp who who's a dog, who's out there killing it, and who's really flashing. And we don't see them on the field for two, three weeks. Or they get on the field, but they don't get any targets. Or they get a target, but it's just one or two. And maybe the game playing situation after that, because we struggled in games two, three, and four, kind of dictated, well, we need to just go with who we know right now because we really got to fight back instead of getting up and getting a lead and getting guys some reps. I am, there is a, a methodology to how you develop a team. And I'm sure everybody's is different. Some coaches say, hey, we got guys, they got talent, put them on the field right now. That's it. 
if if I think that they get the big picture, that they understand what we're doing, get out there. Will it be rough early? Sure. It'll be rough. You'll get your lumps. But you are the best player at this position, and I want you to learn how to play this game as quickly as possible because you being at your best is going to make us a better team. And then there is a more traditional thought. Um, this was something that we kind of did. Gus did this from time to time, and Harson has done it honestly more than I thought he would. And that is, you put the absolute best player on the field, but these guys have kind of tended to go with experience. Who's going to be the the most consistent in practice, coupled with who's going to uh, be the oldest, has the most experience, just reps, period, and. We've seen that fail us at several times, at several positions this year. And I was really hoping that we wouldn't fall into that. Now, maybe because of where we were at this season, coming off of the Missouri win, which was an ugly one, and we were starting um, 1-0 at SEC play, hoping to go 2-0, that they would say, you know what, we don't really have time to mess around with who we think is the most trustworthy. I need guys who are going to go out there and be special. We finally saw guys going out there and getting an opportunity to be special. Um, we finally saw a game plan that allowed a guy who had gotten out there and Robbie, but a game plan that allowed him to actually be special. And that's a difference. That is a philosophical change. It is, it is breaking the glass in case of emergency. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad to see that we got there because the, the SEC season is short. I mean, we're t- we could talk all we want about who, what coach deserves, how many years before you really evaluate them. That's not what's going to happen here. That's not where we're at. That's not our reality. And I think the staff knew that. They were like, you know what, let's, let's put guys out there. Let's make the game plan that's going to give us the best chance to score some points and, and move the ball and, and, and get a win. So, yes, our wide receivers, we saw plenty. Um, Omari Kelly got out there, and Camden Brown got a touchdown. And um, it was wide open, by the way, on that touchdown. And, council at center. Yeah, council at center. Um, I thought that they would get Keandre Jones back out there after council moved from left guard. No, they moved – I think Stutz to left guard and Alec Jackson to right guard. So, you know what? Yes, let's see guys who we have not seen and give them opportunities to show what they can do. And it doesn't seem that they are really holding anything back as far as, well, this is our guy. We're going to stick with them. The the elder statesmen who are on the defensive line are ballers. That's why they're still on the defensive line. Uh, In the secondary, they swap some guys out because DJ James is a baller. And Keontae Scott's a baller. God bless Keontae Scott. Uh, Keontae Scott, that aggressive mindset uh, when it comes to returning those punts. We we knew. I think I want to say Ike kind of foreshadowed this a little bit. Being that aggressive, he is eventually going to break one. But that's the other side of that is being so eager to break one open for the team and on, on a game opens you up to those types of mistakes. But we're seeing the guys, and I think it's it's a it's a philosophical shift. It's throwing the game plan out the window and going, right now, what do we have to do to win? And I'm extremely glad to see it. I know it came in a loss, and everybody's all down on Harson. I, I am not because that needed to happen, and he did it. Now, you, what you hope is for your coaching staff and every coaching staff picks the right guys out of the gate so you don't have to have emergencies to start putting the right guys in there, or you don't have to have some losses before you start putting the right guys out there. But we're here. We're finally starting to play the right guys. These guys are going to get better as the season goes on, and they are still playing very hard, not only for the coach, but for themselves and for the team. And that's a wonderful thing. So those are some some huge positives for me, not just for wide receiver, but team-wide. The right guys are getting on the field. Right, but what you just said is what I think the focus of all this should be after this game, right, was they switched this, they, they made changes. They no, no position was safe. 
None. Zero. Not everybody's beloved tank. Not Keontae. Nobody was safe. Nobody was safe yesterday. They decided to give the ball to different players. appears to be safe. (laughs) Right. Uh, 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 Robbie Ashford, again, we were hyper-focused on quarterback to start the season. We were hyper-focused on quarterback to start the season. But the truth is, is that the whole offense needed a mix-up. Now, how long it took them to get there is up for debate, right? And this is where I will diverge from what B said a little bit, because I don't know if you throw Robbie Ashford out there any sooner that he's any more successful. I think that they tried to ease him in based on whatever his understanding of the playbook was and you know where they felt like his development was at. Um, and by, at the time that they switched to him fully, uh, you know, TJ Finley had an injury and he was definitely your best option. Fortunately, by game two, he's shown you enough to say, hey, we can continue to build on this offensively. And it helps the whole, like Robbie Ashford helps the entire offense. He helps everybody. Um, the positives that B was talking about at wide receiver, Camden Brown high-pointing a football for a touchdown was insanely awesome. Um, you know, seeing Coy Moore get in the mix, you hate the interception, but you love some of the other plays. Omari Kelly with the concentration catch on a tipped ball. This is not a guy we've seen a whole lot of, man. Mm-hmm. He made a big play for his quarterback, yeah. and it was a it was a good throw. It was a great play by the, the the DB, and it was an even better concentration catch by Omari Kelly. For sure, continue to get these guys off the bench and in the game, right? And and then at line, like B said, switching it up and just trying to find some combination. When we referenced that 07 or 06 Auburn team that switched it all up midseason, mm-hmm. that's what they. It sucks that they could not get there before this but ultimately you did it while you were three and one as well too so it's not like we had to go oh and three before they would figure it out right right they still made the change and i i just don't think that they're going to get enough credit from fans for the one like the one thousand percent pivot from what they entered the season with the idea there were promises made to tank about feeding him the ball this season to get him to come back well, right. Keith talked about being run right. heavy. Yeah. Right. And now there's a realization that it just can't look the way they thought it was going to look. And I, I can appreciate that they wanted to keep the commitment that they made to him to feed him. But if you're tank, too, you got to realize there's a better way to run this offense and you can get your 20 touches and barely make 50 yards because defenses are going to key on you. Or you can play this differently, man, and the team can have a chance to win. And these guys definitely, and talking to some of these guys after the game yesterday, they definitely believe in the pivot that was made yesterday, 100%. Let's talk about some stats Ike has presented to us. Let's take a look at it for the offense total. Passing, Auburn went 19 of 39, 337 yards, two touchdowns. We rushed the ball 31 times for 101 yards. Uh, We had two touchdowns or two interceptions in terms of uh, turnovers. We actually put the ball on the ground six times. We were fortunate to only have lost it two times. Uh, Guys, this continues to be a concern with Auburn. We actually have a total of eight turnovers on the season. Uh, Puts us towards the bottom of the NCAA as well as the SEC in that statistical category. I want to know from you guys moving forward or just your thoughts in this game. Obviously, this was the story of the game and a big reason why LSU won this game. But moving forward, and I'll start with you, I just your opinion. One of the things that that I believed 
is a part of this is due to the actual changes. There was a lot of different things combined with new guys out there. Robbie's pretty much a new guy. You're but you're asking him to do some new things. When you do that, you're kind of seeing um, some sloppiness that you expect to see in week one or week two. Uh, we're seeing it in week five because Auburn's offense is not the same offense it tried it out there in week one. And so as a result of that, you're not going to look as clean at times in SEC play against LSU, even if you are at home. But I want to know your thoughts. Do you feel differently? What's your take on the turnovers and, and what Auburn can do moving forward to address this? Um, I mean, honestly, we're, we've been a turnover-prone team, um, self-inflicted wounds, because when I think about the turnovers, very few of them have actually been forced, right? Like it hasn't right. been situations where, oh, man, that was an amazing play. It, it mostly has been... This guy held on to the ball too long. He stared this receiver down, um, you know, trying to throw it away and not getting it out of bounds. Like it's it's mostly just been mental mistakes on our part and very rarely been a situation where the person from the other team, like when, when I look at the fumble tank hat yesterday, mm-hmm. he's trying to go and then he tries to reverse field and he doesn't have the ball secured and he gets it poked out. Like that wasn't, LSU made a great hit where he, it's just Tank wasn't, he was being sloppy with the ball. Uh, we had issues at the mesh point. There's issues with high snaps that are happening. That was happening before Brandon Council was out there. There's issues with just errant throws that were almost intercepted oftentimes. Like it's just, there's mental mistakes that are happening often. And it doesn't seem to matter what the combination of players is. It's just mental mistakes through and th- through and through, and it's cropping up every single game. I don't know how you fix that other than guys working through it, honestly. Yeah. Your thoughts about the second half woes? Yeah, second halves have been not good. This game, it was better because I do think that we moved the ball again, but still the uncharacter well, not uncharacteristic, the untimely uh, errors, you know, in the red zone or as we're driving are killing drives, right? Like we have the opportunities to do things in the second halves and we're beating ourselves, honestly. Um, So some of that I think is being conservative a little bit in our play calling early in the drive. And then we have to get kind of bailed out. Some of it, I, again, is just, you know, a a mental mistake. And, and I'm going to say this and people are going to probably be upset that I say this. That's honestly the mark of a bad team. The mark of a bad team is you find ways to continually put yourself in a position to lose when you've been given every opportunity to win. You're not a very good team if you're not taking advantage of opportunities that you have to win. And right now, Auburn's playing like a bad team because we have the chances to win. LSU was not the better team on the field, but Auburn just was like, I don't know if I actually want to win this. And that's not saying that the kids aren't playing hard. They're playing ridiculously hard. They are. But sometimes when you're playing effort and energy and you're not thinking, you have the mental mistake because you're trying so much to make a play. I got to make a play. I got to make a play. And you stop thinking for that one second and that lapse in, in, in your, your focus in that minute allows for something bad to happen. Keontae Scott's trying to make a play. He's right. trying to go out there and feel the punt because he doesn't want that to hit the ground and roll and we lose yardage, right? He's Corey trying Moore. to get up there. Yeah. So it just it, it's just it's just is what it is, man. When you're when you're doing stuff like that, um, bad things tend to happen, and and that's just what's happening with us right now. Well, you can you can have good players and have a bad team. 
Right. I think yeah. we've seen that all through sports, right? Texas you have a Yeah, and have a bad team, right? Yeah. So I think that <clears throat> what a lot of fans do is they conflate one with the other. We're a bad team, so our players are bad. Correct. Right. And that's where right. I draw the line and say, no, there's plenty of talent on this team, yep. but bad scheming will make average players look terrible and good players look average, right? And unless you have a, a superhero at some of these positions, it's, it's really hard to overcome a bad plan. So Saturday, what we saw was a better plan make what an O-line that everybody was dogging. All I looked in the, saw in the comments on my Twitter was, look how well the O-line played. And I laugh at those comments because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, they, they're not really better. There's a better combination of O-line, sure. Sure. But like they, they look better because what you're asking them to do is not inherently as difficult relative to what they're capable of. They're not going to blow anybody off the ball in the run game, period. This line is not going to do that. If there's a version of this line that can do that, we haven't seen it yet, right? So until I see it, I will say they're not capable of that. So you need to call an offense that gives them something that they can do well. And the idea that they could not do anything well was something that I think that this this is going to be the this staff's, the black mark on this staff's history here at Auburn will be not realizing that, and I think that's the difference between an average staff and a great staff, as maybe a great staff realized that in the preseason, right? Because it's difficult to gauge versus your own defense in practice, but great evaluators can say, hey, man, against SEC competition, we're going to get killed if we try to do that. Right. But it's difficult when you have all these ideas out here that this player needs the ball and that player needs the ball and like, you know, and you're trying to feed your best players, but you have to find better ways to feed them. And it may not look like what everybody thought it was going to look like. But, you know, that's where I, th- I think that their maturation as a staff, whether at Auburn or someplace else, is something they're going to have to look at the tape and reckon with. Man, we should have maybe realized preseason that Robbie Ashford was going to be it and started preparing as if he was going to be the guy. Because I don't. Like I, I'm not sure there's a version of this of of this offense with this line that TJ Finley could have been successful behind. Um, I think they maybe could have called. They can definitely they could have called it differently to help him because what they were doing early in the season definitely was not helping him at all. Right. It was right. not good. It was not good for him. And if they have a version that would have helped him, I haven't seen that either. Right. Um, but uh, Robbie. You know, provides you provides them some cover even in the bad play calls as well, too. And maybe they could have realized that, uh, you know, there's just so much going on here. Austin Day, I, I will always wonder what would happen if Austin Davis had come to Auburn and we had run the version of this offense that he would he sold to Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford because those guys were pumped about that. And it was a main reason that they decided to come to Auburn. And they had to pivot to this key style thing. And, man, I'll tell you, uh, there's already an admission internally that it, it's not been good. But um, I always will wonder what this would have looked like had they, had they gone with plan A, gotten a chance to go, go, go with plan A. Let's, before we get to the break, guys, let's, let's grab some Super Chats. We appreciate you guys commenting. Continue to Super Chat us so we can definitely get to your comments. Imani Smoot says, I wish Damari Austin was a part of the rotation, too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at a, a yeah, running back sure. by committee. Um, but again, I, I, yeah. 
I like I like I like I like I want to see Demari Austin, but I definitely I do want to see more of the guys that we have and figure out how to use the guys we have. And I think they started figuring that out a little bit yesterday. I think Demar can catch too, can he? Mm-hmm. We seen uh-huh. him catch some balls, right? Yeah, yeah. Darnell Sims uh, says, "I think our O line is getting better, and Robbie growing every game. We have a chance to beat some teams, and I think this is what a lot of people." are not taking into consideration as they're venting their frustration about the opportunity that we squandered last night is the rest of the SEC looks kind of vulnerable. Yeah. And we're actually showing, we actually showed improvement because I don't think a lot of people expected us to even do what we even did last night. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I agree with this statement. Darnell. This, this comment is the one, this is the one that I see over and over again. It tickles me about the O line. Right. And now people are optimistic about based on what they saw at, at, at line. But I think that this underscores that this staff has some work to do, you know, in terms of putting players in better, a better position because they did not magically get better. This comment in light of the fact that we're down to our third center is funny to me. Yeah. They're on their third center. And people are saying, hey, the line looks like it's getting better. And I'm just like, well, maybe there was just a better combination. Should Brandon Council have always been at center? Or, you know, I want to see how it looks a few games from now before I start making judgments on what would have been better. Or was there a better spot on the line for Tate Johnson? You know, I don't I think Council played some center at some point in his career. Or is this his first time? Uh, He's he's been at center before at one point. Yeah, we've had a sim- we've had a similar situation the past two years where we were moving guys around like crazy with the O line. Yeah, think he got in there. He had some high snaps last night, but overall, you know, for a guy who has not played center at all this year, yeah, I wasn't too mad at his performance. But you know, the, the line has a a little bit more in them than what we saw the first four games, I think. And I think that there's a way again to help them out a little bit so that they're not struggling every game. And, and, James and Burn- some of that okay. is. And, and Mike, you were like, well, they could they have recognized preseason that T.J. Finley wasn't going to be the best fit for this offense? They had what they thought was the one of the most experienced centers in college football coming back. And even Roms. if he wasn't physically the best center ever, that's huge. You lose yeah. that guy on an offense where you need to identify. You need time where he's going to be making the calls as far as, hey, all right, there, there. We see that, right? All right, let's go. That That's huge. That's probably made the early play of the offensive line and the offense way worse than it was going to be. And it necessitates the change that we've seen so far. Yeah, for sure. Good, good point. James Burnett says, fellas, after five games, it appears that the SEC teams have shown some kind of vulnerability. Can Auburn capitalize on that down the stretch? And can they end up with an eight to 10 win season? Mm, eight to 10 is rough, ten is, man. Let 10 is a rough. bit of a reach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Robbie Ashford is going to be all SEC if this happens, period. Um, but also, I thought it was encouraging. I mean, they held LSU to 270 yards total last night. Yep. I mean, yeah. if you had if you had given me this stat line per game and asked me who won, I would have ten times out of ten told you Auburn was going to win it. But uh, this is going to be interesting to see, and this is what makes this season hurt so much is is that this was the year you could have shocked a lot of people because everybody else looks mediocre. <laughs> like of all the years, you could have been a step below <laughs> what you could have been. This season, it hurts the most because nobody, I, I don't know, I didn't see any impressive football played yesterday by anybody in the SEC, right? Yeah. I, nobody looked super dominant yesterday in league, right? Georgia definitely did not. 
And Bama I mean, did. Bama did pretty much, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Bama. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Per- yeah. Bryce Young going out, yeah. They're the class. Forget, forget them. They don't really <laughs> exist, right? Like they just, just there. Uh, Milrow looks scary to me. He looked good when he came in as well too. When I watched that game, I thought Milrow looked like a serviceable quarterback, which sucks. Well, so uh, I, under, I underestimated Ole Miss. They they showed me a little something. Yeah, I mean it was. No, did did they? Did But did they show you something? They showed me three turnovers in the red zone for Kentucky, and they weren't all forced by the defense either. Some of that was the number one overall pick. Just, just yeah. messing up, just playing like ass, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I thought, I thought overall it was a good game, but there was right. some sloppy football played in that game for sure. Right. Yeah. Big Gap says, Ike, is it possible for the offense to be successful in a two back set? Tank with Quez with Robbie. Uh, I think it's completely possible. It's really more so about just how you design play. I don't. I, 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 I said this before. I don't think personnel packages is the issue. It's play design and just understanding how to utilize people. Um, You can definitely have both of them in the game. Now, what I will say firmly, I think that Jarquez Hunter is a better catcher than Tank Bixby. Yes. Hands down. He catches He's a, he's a better, better pass catcher, yes. Um, And so, and I, I said this again when I was in the booth, I was like, man, I'd like to see them run that swing route to Jarquez mm-hmm. later in the game. And they did it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, oh, they, they, listen to that. I did Somebody got me bugged in here, like y'all listening to me call plays from the uh, media booth. But um, yeah, I think that playing both of them at the same time would allow you to go faster offensively because you don't have to switch them out, right? Like if they're both in the game, then you could just do. I mean, because God bless them, I love them. I don't think either of them are worse blockers than John Samuel Shanker. Yeah. Out. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you uh, if you have them playing like an uh, H back type of set, then you have the opportunity. Then you could actually run that H back reverse to somebody with some speed, right? Yeah. You can play faster, run the same kind of plays, and then just swap who's in the backfield or run a two back set and have some misdirection stuff going on in that way. There's a lot of things that you could do with both of them in the game. And with Robbie at quarterback, who do you key on? Yeah. Right, like with Robbie at quarterback, because there's always the threat of him keeping the ball and going for 20 yards in like three seconds on you, like or two seconds on you. I I just don't. I it would make more sense, especially if they're trying to key on Tank, right? And then you start fooling them with Robbie and Jarquez, and then you give it back to Tank. And I mean, there is 100 percent a better way to use these they guys. Could, they could definitely run some kind of triple option type of stuff within yeah. the game. Uh, and still have a passing threat on the back end. There's a ton of stuff that you could do. There, there's too many talented guys on this football team for you to not be more creative with the way that you employ them. It was, you know, in in people don't like this this when I bring these guys up. But in '03, there was a feeling that Ronnie or Caddy, one of them was going to go pro because there wasn't going to be enough ball to go around for both of them the next year. And they had to essentially sell an offense that said, both of you guys are going to be showcased and we're going to use you both and there's going to be a role. And in 04, they did it beautifully. I thought. I thought they, I thought they pulled, Borges pulled that off beautifully with his West Coast offense. And they need some of that magic with these two backs because I'm telling you, they're not getting talked about enough. Auburn has one of the best backfields in the country. Right. But the scheme has made them look way like they don't almost like they don't exist at times. 
this staff clearly has a lot of growing to do in terms of the way they evaluate and the way they, they game plan. 